0: Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Travis Crowdy. And I'm Father Shane Demon. And it's good to be with you, Father Shane. Back
1: in the saddle. Back in the saddle. Glad to be here.
0: Likewise. Um, yeah. What's new?
1: Have you ever been to the shrine, the national shrine of Our Lady of the Miraculous Medal in Perryville, Missouri?
0: Perryville, Missouri. Um, no. But I'm familiar with the town. It's south of St. Louis, mm-hmm. it's where the first seminary was.
1: Yeah, the Vincentians opened the first seminary. Yeah. Um, do, you know
0: the, do you know how Catholics got to Perryville? This is kind of cool. No. I was just in Baltimore for the NC DVD, right. right? We went to the first cathedral in the country, and Maryland, of course, was the <clears throat> Catholic colony. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord Baltimore, being a Catholic man himself, um, those Catholics left the Baltimore, Maryland area after kind of persecution and went to um, Kentucky. Right by Maker's Mark Distillery, it's called. There's a proto cathedral there, Bardstown. Bardstown. Mm-hmm. They went from Bardstown to Perryville. Really? So there are English names in the there are English Catholic names in the uh, in the cemetery in Perryville. Yeah, one of the one of the priest historians told me that. Monsignor Witt was explaining that trajectory that happened. Mm. Yeah. So well, there was obviously the French settlement in in St. Louis, and there was a huge German influx and Irish influx of um, of immigration. Um, there was this direct line back to the first Catholics of Baltimore. Interesting. So I didn't know that. I've Perhaps al- that's I why ass-
1: the shrine of the miraculous metal is there in Perryville.
0: I don't, yeah, it could be. <laughs> I, I'm not there. Sh-
1: well, the Vincentians yeah. were there and they had this, the seminary there for years and years and years. I think the buildings were torn down in 1985 or, or somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. I've always assumed that the, uh, you know, when you have St. Genevieve, which is near Perryville, south of St. Louis, yep. obviously founded by French settlers coming up the Mississippi mm-hmm. from New, uh, Louisiana New Orleans, um, I didn't know that Perryville was settled by a completely different population. And perhaps there's a settlement there, but that's where those the Catholics landed Interesting. after Bardstown. Yeah.
0: Interesting. How about that?
1: Well, I was just in Perryville recently uh, to lead a Day of Recollection, a little mini-retreat for seminarians, and we were at the Shrine of the Miraculous Medal. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous mm. church. Um, the, the grounds that they have outside with different grottos and outdoor memorials, uh, recognizing the other uh, Marian apparitions around the world. Uh, obviously, the main church is dedicated to the Our Lady of the Miraculous Medal, Our Lady of Grace, appearing to St. Catherine Laboure in the city of Paris, and promoting that devotion of to the Miraculous Medal to assist on Our Lady's intercession from heaven. Uh, that's kind of the main shrine. But there's a lot of other grottos and shrines around the property, similar to our own Trinity Heights here, Yeah, uh, just commemorating the various Marian apparitions from around the world. It's a lovely, lovely property. Um, and while we were there, we pretty much had the shrine to ourselves mm-hmm. all day doing this uh, silent retreat. And then at the end of the day, and we knew this was coming, but I didn't know it was going to be this big. Um, We were told there was going to be uh, some students standing on the front steps of the main shrine taking photos with their dates for homecoming weekend. Because that's a spot? Yeah. That's hilarious. But we thought it was going to be like a few couples. The entire high school shows up. In Perryville? With all of their parents. There were hundreds of people there (laughs) because it's just the central meeting spot. Like the whole town knows... All the parents get to hang out. All the parents get to meet one another on dates. Uh, you get to go around to check out all the greenery on the property throughout the shrines to take your photos before you go to the dance. So, are
0: they like, are they, you know, like taking their uh homecoming picture in front of like our lady of knock shrine. No, everyone thinks that.
1: No, they were actually huh. just looking at the greenery. There might have been a few devotions among families who went and, you know, stood by some shrines. Right. Yeah. But I
0: the I, super Catholic kids who are who are holding up the miraculous metal medals they're
1: wearing with their homecoming could be here.
0: Hey. That'd be probably. cool. That'd
1: be that'd be nice. But no for the most part they were just using the yes. greenery spaces. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But the whole town showed up. Wow. And now we were inside still keeping silence as these hundreds of people are around the church taking photos outside. Um, but it was still a beautiful shrine. So shout out to everybody in South uh, Southeast Missouri at Perryville for a wonderful national shrine. Check it out.
0: <laughs> Just have to share this because it's very similar with with silent retreats. When I was on my thirty day retreat, we had a day of repose. This is going to be very quick, so we can jump into the topic. But you everybody, your you're time, here, lot. People and love your stories. Th- I hope so. Uh, these men from the spirituality year in Philadelphia at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary were with us, and it was funny was that we didn't hear these guys speak for two weeks, but then had this day of repose and these. Guys with thick Philly accents are talking to us. We go to this restaurant. The Philly guys bring back a bunch of beer from this restaurant in Mm -hmm. Yankton, and there's a huge uh, Midwest thunderstorm just like sweeping across South Dakota. Right. So they're standing under the main kind of awning of Broomtree watching this huge thunderstorm that they've never experienced before. Meanwhile, Father Paul Hazing, the rector of Kenrick, is inside on his own personal eight day silent retreat trying to pray in the chapel. And these guys are just like yelling and screaming, super loud East Coast Philadelphia guys. Um, and I, at one point I said, don't you guys think it's a little loud? I think somebody's praying in the chapel. They said, no, no, no. You, you can't hear him in there. It's fine. I see Father Hazing when I go to Kenrick the next year, and he's like, very loud, extremely distracting.
1: Luckily, the walls luckily the walls of the Perryville Shrine were so thick oh good. <laughs> that we didn't have your experience. Oh, like we really couldn't hear them outside. Good old architecture. Yeah. Oh wow! Just hundreds of people outside, and we were kind of in the little side miraculous metal shrine chapel, um, and we were just fine. Wow, sorry, that's a place to visit. Yeah, it was a place to visit. It's great if you're in southern Missouri, go check out the shrine, the national shrine of our miraculous metal. Now that that dips down
0: into the Springfield Cape Girardeau diocese.
1: The shrine is still in the archdiocese. They carve it out. I, I don't know Or just exact, Might not be below the. In my nine weeks in Missouri, I'm not quite sure about diocesan boundaries, yeah, yeah. but we're, <laughs> we still are, we still are in the archdiocese there. Okay, but it's very close to the Springfield Cape Girardeau diocese. Well, I'm excited to hear these. Um,
0: yeah, these little little uh, kind of adventures that yeah. you get to go on, uh, little field trips, if you
1: will. They're they're field trips. I'm I'm pretty grounded, you know, pretty grounded running the house as the dean of students. Yeah, uh, it's good know. to get out sometimes. It field is. Trip.
0: Um, no. Uh, wild animals on on campus as of late
1: oh the deer are everywhere oh they still are oh yeah and now and have they're you made the decision reproducing. to bring back they're
0: reproducing they are at an incredible rate they are have you brought back the coyotes to take care of the deer population we have
1: no coyotes <laughs> okay. right now all right but we're exploring options
0: has any has have any seminarians hunted deer that's the question
1: they have asked for permission
0: by their bare hands or uh by projectiles
1: there was a chasing exercise to try and. and <laughs> exercise? There was, it was last year, and I've seen the video. They tried to like shoo them away through the front gate, and they were actually corralling the deer with yes, a ton of seminarians. This, yes. Uh, they were unsuccessful. Really? <laughs> they the were, deer but, evaded their escape. No, they, they were actually able to corral the deer, and then they just felt badly because the deer just weren't cooperating, even though they were corralled and getting very agitated. Ah. So the guys kind of backed down. Okay, you don't want to see that. No. Okay. Um,. But no, the deer are just like encamped in our property. There's a whole pack of them. I don't know what you call a pack of deer. We'll look that up. The yeah. collective noun for deer, please let us know. A herd, perhaps. I don't know. They're But they're there. Gaggles. And they're reproducing <laughs> and they have no threats. There's no predators on our property. And they're eating all the flowers and they love it.
0: Oh, and there's so many beautiful flowers.
1: There are zero flowers. Do you get... It, do you, there are literally no way. zero has, flowers.
0: Have, so, has some deer got into the middle of the enclosed cloistered courtyard? No. Okay. No.
1: But the the as you drive up the main the main drive to Kenrick Seminary, the the little island out yeah. front, oh yeah, it's just gone. Got, yeah, just flat barren dirt. The bushes are still around the statue, but all of the dozens and dozens of flowers that you see in the fall and spring, yeah,
0: that are planted specifically to yep. you know just brown dirt.
1: Wow, barren dirt. Wow, because the deer have overrun it.
0: If those deer don't make an appearance in the. Um Halloween God videos. Halloween God
1: videos. That'd be wonderful.
0: Um, last thing before we jump in, a uh, collective noun for raccoons is nursery. I learned that in high school. Never forgot it. There you go.
1: Thanks for the uh, the way your mind works with random associations. You like that? It never Isn't as- that nice? ceases to astound me.
0: Thank you. Appreciate that.
1: Yes. Um, I was just talking to Bishop. We were riding in the car the
0: other day together. He was saying that when prayer requests come into him, this is no surprise for anybody, mm-hmm. especially those who are experiencing feeling outcast. From the church, from within the church, from their families, from their friends, the prayer requests so often come, and they're twofold, for my kids who've left the faith for vocations to the priesthood, mm-hmm. right? So the reflection Bishop had, it was it was wonderful, and I know many of you who listen to the podcast are these people he was talking about. We have many faithful, faithful Catholics in our diocese, faithful Christians who are living the life, who are praying, who are going to daily mass or praying daily um, with very specific intentions, praying for Maybe your children, your grandchildren, now your great-grandchildren who have abandoned the faith um, that you gave them. And, Father Shane, while we've touched on this briefly in different ways, I just wanted to kind of lean into it directly um, because it is always in the back of so many people's minds. People who reach out for their own formation in the faith, they often do so as they watch their their children leave. We just had Christ Our Life um, in Des Moines, the mm-hmm. big Catholic conference, and I know so many families who've gone, it's like they're going while their kids don't go to Mass on Sunday's. Mm-hmm. My my own mom, my my uncle, my grandmother—they went, and it's beautiful to watch them grow in their faith while many of their family members have have abandoned the faith. Right. Mm-hmm. So what do you do with that? Um, two two things came to mind: one from scripture, one from the church's tradition that many people have probably heard. But it's just going to be encouraged by these, and then just want to offer one one challenge for maybe some of my my peers, our peers, um, those of us who's peers and friends might be out of the, out of the church, out of the practice of the faith. First of all, what comes to mind is the prodigal son. Um, <laughs> this is funny. If you at the chancery office, walking up the stairs, you didn't have to walk up the stairs very often, but now you have to walk up the stairs.
1: Yeah. There's a famous painting there. Is it? Well, I don't know how famous it is, but, but it's famous here because this is what's so funny
0: about it. This, <laughs> the building was, was recently painted a few years back and it's clean. It's crisp looking, but it's a, it's gray with another f- tone of gray. Yeah. So it has a, Slightly
1: um, oppressive feel in this building. Big fad of gray in recent decades. A lot of gray. Yes.
0: As you walk up the stairs, there's <laughs> this unique painting of the prodigal son. Often, as Rembrandt painted, the prodigal son is seen kind of at the really exciting point of the story mm-hmm. where the son has returned and embracing his father and right. walking back in with the slaughtered calf. This is like the worst part of the story in this painting. It's just the son holding the pod or the corn cob amidst the pigs Mm -hmm. which is a unique reflection but especially just in the middle of this office building that can feel oppressive with all the gray and just be kind of quiet people grinding away at the work of the diocese we'll have to ask people slightly depressing
1: well we'll have to ask who was the originator of the painting Mm -hmm. um it might be a might be an original from a a famous artist but Um, you would think that as you walk upstairs to go towards the evangelization office and the vocations office, you really wouldn't want to see the symbol of a man at his worst living among the swine, longing for the days in which he was in his father's household.
0: Yes, yes. Um, But I think what's so important to remember is while he's there, while the son is in that difficult spot, the worst spot really that that painting shows, maybe this is a a providential reason it hangs there because I see it every day, Um, the father's waiting for him. mm -hmm. The father's waiting with this expectant hope that he'll return. Yeah. He's looking for him, and then when he sees him far off, when the son thinks that he's uh, as good as a slave, he runs
1: back to his father. His father welcomes him. There so. is a progression. As you enter the chancery from the dirtiness of the world, you mm. ascend the stairs. The near north side. And the vocation director is waiting, waiting at the top of the stairs to embrace you. That's right. As you exactly. emerge from your life of misery. With my wonderful miraculous plant over here in the corner of my office. Yes. Right, exa- mm-hmm. exactly. We can see the, trans- the
0: transition. Mm-hmm. We really back. can. That's just so helpful to have in mind that while our family members have abandoned kind of wholesale or find themselves in this process of transition within their experience of faith from their childhood to their adult life or when they're in college and they stop going to mass, whatever it might be, that God the Father and then the model that we ought to emulate is God the Father waiting with expectant hope that they will return. Mm -hmm. And this expectant hope too that God's always at work, he's always giving actual graces in people's life with the hope that conversion can happen and i think the other example from the life of the saints is the classic story of saint monica and saint augustine that saint augustine recounts in in the in his confessions about his mother's prayer for him and then eventually kind of their companionship in christianity together but remind me on the on the on the timeline of this but i mean augustine was he didn't convert until he was in his 40s late 30s
1: I don't know exact exact year. He was obviously an accomplished lawyer. He was an accomplished rhetorician. He was well educated at this point, and really at the height of his career.
0: Yeah. So, Monica, I mean, he was never baptized as a as a child. You know, infant baptism wasn't as big back then. Mm -hmm. Um, But then he wasn't baptized in his youth, and then was living this terrible life. But his mother, who'd been this strong Christian for years, was just constantly praying. Um, And it's clear in the confessions that Augustine says she was going to like liturgy the hours at the church every single day. She was essentially at that time kind of daily liturgy, daily mass, every single day pouring her heart out. And eventually her son would have this huge conversion through St. Ambrose had nothing to do with St. Monica, but then her just consistent prayer, right? Mm -hmm. So I think the encouragement for everybody out there who is sending these prayer requests and who is kind of joining us in this beseeching the Lord to bring about real conversion of hearts, it is possible. It's been possible in the history of the church. It's possible today. We just had our, our story not too long ago, but, um, Bart, blessed (laughs) Blessed Bartolongo, another example of contemporary conversion, right? Mm -hmm. And as priests, we get to see that in confessional. We get to see conversion actually happening. So for parents, for grandparents, for those out there whose family are struggling, there is hope. The father's waiting for, for them with expectant hope that they'll return. And we have examples in the lives of the saints. Any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, several thoughts. Um, First of all, I think, well, there's two thoughts. First of all, if someone has left the faith in your family, um, that might not be because of you, right? You know, don't beat yourself up. It might not be your fault.
0: Yeah, that's the ultimate um, the kind of guilt trip that yeah. most people experience.
1: If, they, if, if family members allow themselves to be choked by the weeds of this world, um, granted, I have met families who have re- regrets. Parents and grandparents said, you know, we really didn't establish a regular routine of prayer. We didn't always make Sunday Mass and the worship of God a priority. Uh, and so there are some people who have guilt. Yeah, uh, There are others who are just kind of dumbfounded. They just think, I don't know what else more we could have done. You know, We led our children to the sources of divine life, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they said, see ya. Yeah. Uh, and they chose the way of the world. Regardless of where you're at in that, this isn't meant to beat anyone up with a guilt trip regardless of where you find yourself on that perspective, if family members have walked away from the faith, um, please know that your intercessory power, Father, as you were just pointing out with St. Monica, is a heavenly action, Mm -hmm. right? Um, The Lord allowing this situation, or at least permitting this situation, gives you the opportunity to step in and intercede to storm heaven with prayers for your child, for your grandchild, whoever that might be, distant relative, to return to the faith and to still be anointed and blessed by God. Yeah. What do we think these saints do in heaven all day who are already there? Mm -hmm. They're cheering us on. They're interceding for us. They're hoping that we cross the finish line with them and enjoy the halls of heaven, enjoy the vision of God in his Trinitarian glory. Yeah. So, to to say on earth, oh, woe is me, I just have to intercede and pray for all these family members, well, that's not necessarily just a cross, that you're actually uniting yourself to the very action of heaven.
0: And, you know, while there is so much guilt kind of wrapped around this experience of our children leaving the faith, our grandchildren, whatever, our family members, this can be a moment of reparation if if there is legitimate guilt of, mm-hmm. wow, okay, we really did kind of slack, like... In the in the past, like we didn't make prayer a priority, all those things you mentioned. This can be a moment of actually like kind of fighting against those temptations of the evil one to just bring us to this place of shame mm-hmm. and to respond, yeah, in some way of reparation. Okay, if I if I didn't in the past, if there is some guilt, which I, I think for most families, the culture changed so drastically in such a short period of time that the Christendom of the past that we've talked about many times the bottom fell out, mm-hmm. and and the shell that was still there that was kind of empty at a certain time, bam, it was just done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many things have changed in the in the past decade, really, um, 20, 30 years. But this act of of prayer
1: of intercession can be a reparation for sins of the past. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't don't underestimate that power of intercessory prayer. Uh, don't underestimate the small ways. Ideally, with the direction of your pastor or spiritual director. Maybe even to do acts of penance on behalf of another person. Again, that has to be done with prudence. It has to be done with spiritual insight. People can go kind of weird with doing acts of yeah. penance and reparation. Um, but those are opportunities to grow in grace and to help build up others, yeah. uh, to really storm heaven uh, with repeated petition to help bring others into save souls.
0: So that's the encouragement for those who find themselves outcast from their own family members who've left the faith, right? Mm-hmm. I understand I have family members in that same position, so I, I I get it, you know? And it's like celebrating mass for them and offering masses and and whatever it might be, rosaries, divine mercy chaplets, whatever way of communicating that to God is helpful for you, please keep that up. But that encouragement that the Father's waiting for them, the Father's waiting for you too, like in that, in that moment of, um, of grief, in that moment of, of difficulty, he's there to offer his comfort and his consolation and to welcome them back as his prodigal. However, I think for for those of us whose peers are are outside the church, who we have friends, I just I have found more recently with my with myself but kind of those in my circles. There's so much tolerance now. And you 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 can't say anything that would offend anybody else. Part of that is the kind of like old school Midwest nice kind of stuff that we've talked about before. But also there's just this contemporary tolerance where especially when it comes to somebody's opinion, you couldn't possibly um, speak against that. Mm-hmm. How dare you tell them that their opinion is wrong? Right. And you feel this with high school kids too. Like they get kind of upset that the idea that the church can make this, you know, assertion that we, you know, we have the fullness of truth, the fullness of revelation. How dare you say you're right and somebody mm-hmm. else is wrong? Because when you say you're right, you have to say somebody else is wrong. In that milieu of just like tolerance across the board, there's this reluctance I've noticed, probably myself, but I think a lot of people, to actually say anything. Mm-hmm. You see your friends living a life that you're not that you're not okay with. If you see your brother in law, your sister-in-law, your you know, your family members not baptizing their children and you're in a place, you're actually in a relationship where you spend time with them regularly, but there's this tension, there's this fear, there's this, well, I'm just gonna let them do their thing. That might be the case. Mm-hmm. And pushing the issue might not be helpful. Pushing the issue of getting married in the church might not be helpful. But I think we all know those moments where it would be helpful. Mm-hmm. It would be helpful to push back a little bit. And often we're a little scared, we're a little timid. And because of that, it just kind of, just kind of sits out there. Mm-hmm. Now, what's beautiful is after years of that, when there is something that kind of moves the needle, those people do experience conversion. That's why people are, are in uh, RCIA and parishes. Mm-hmm. That's why they come back to confession and have a beautiful reversion. We get to see that often as priests. But for those who are kind of out in the, in the vineyard of the Lord, in your family situations, in the dynamics of work and friendships, are there some relationships that, that you could offer a little bit of challenge? That you could offer a challenge to kind of point at is this helpful? Is the way you're living actually making you happy? Right. Um, and, and is the faith of your childhood actually a little bit more legitimate than maybe you kind of just threw off in college or in early uh, young adulthood?
1: Yeah. I don't know that people always have a great opportunity to step into those conversations. You know, if you're just out with a bunch of like random peers and you're tailgating and people are drinking or barbecuing, it's not <laughs> Joe, the,
0: you better get your tail back to mass. Yeah.
1: That's not really the setting. Uh, And I think so many people lack intimate settings where they can actually have meaningful and thoughtful conversation Mm -hmm. and dialogue. But when those moments do appear to step into that, as we've challenged our listeners on so many times, and as we keep challenging ourselves as priests, uh, I think that's really necessary. It's an act of love. It's an act of encouragement. And that intercessory power, you know, continues even among friendships as it does with family members. Um, So good encouragements, father. Thank you. Good to be with everybody. And, uh, Check out the National Shrine of Our Lady of the Miraculous Medal, asking Our Lady, the Mother of Grace, to intercede for all of those who might have abandoned the faith. Same
0: with St. Monica, and keep being encouraged uh, by the Lord who's always calling us back to himself. God bless.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.